All right, welcome back, everyone. Episode 56. Happy Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day. November 11th is when I got engaged. Oh, it was not on purpose. Happy engagement day. Thanks. Feels like forever ago. It was a long time ago. I was just a kid. Was there something special about November 11th? No, you know, it was one of those uh, Dinah and I met in high school, did the long distance thing over college. And so I, I knew I wanted to marry her. We had talked about it pretty early on. At that point, we were just waiting to grow up, basically. And so by the time we were all graduated and I had enough to buy a ring and those kind of like the logistics around it, it was just kind of woke up one day and said, oh, I guess I'm like, I'm doing it today because there's nothing else we're waiting on. And it just happened to be November 11th. Mm, So mm -hmm, nice. nothing special about that day, except it's the earliest possible time I could have proposed. Yeah. You didn't hesitate. Once all those no, things were in place, no. that's great. Yeah. There's no hesitation. That that's a, that was a pretty easy easy decision for me. Diana, I don't know. You'll have to ask her. If she has any major <laughs> reservations or regrets at this point. So we're talking new series today, yeah? Yeah, kicking off, kicking off a new series. A trillion dollar coach. This the story of Bill Campbell. One of my favorite books. Absolutely, yeah. It's nice and short too. Mm-hmm. They don't embellish it, which I. Also feel was sort of a maybe a nod to Bill Campbell. There's not a lot of fluff like some business books. Yeah, that's right. You, sometimes you read a business book and you're like, boy, this could have been a blog post instead of a 400 page, you know, paperback. Let's. Well, I, I got a question for y'all because this is about Bill Campbell, who is a business executive coach, but it is not written by him. It's written by people that he has coached before. Is that right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Eric Schmidt, CEO of Google, Jonathan Rosenberg, and Alan Eagle. Uh, and then the forward was written by uh, Adam Grant. Adam Grant, who's a business thinker and author. This is a book that I think people wanted to write over the years. Bill Campbell was the kind of person that didn't really want the spotlight. I think Adam Grant tried to write a book about Bill Campbell's, what is, I think is what he said in the forward to which he declined when he was alive and those kind of things. And so this is sort of a... They waited for him to die to write a book about him? I I think it's like a general appreciation for him and his work. There's maybe a legacy component. I'm pretty sure I could be mixing my sort of biography business book memory here, but I'm pretty sure the family is okay with it and those kind of things. I I remember that too. Yeah, that, that was a pretty interesting part of this book for me. Like the content is amazing. Bill Campbell seems amazing but it's just an interesting it's just it's not your typical biography or business book because bill campbell is such a probably anomaly like so highly effective and good and yet doesn't want the spotlight it it just yeah not many people like that yeah not many people like that if they're if somebody's world class they're going to want people to know it it didn't seem like he wanted that all that much so very servant leader. It's, it's, it's very telling, you know, that it, it wasn't like Walter Isaacson that wrote his biography, mm-hmm. right? It was yeah, the, the Victor writes the story kind of thing. And the people he coached, it was like executive at Google, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like yeah. former yeah. former CEO of Google cares enough to write a book about somebody who's obviously impacted their life in a big way. Not like it wasn't like a professional writer who just needs to crank out another you know, biography novel, because that's what the publisher's telling them to do. There are a few things that resonate with me around Bill Campbell's style. 
which we'll get into. I like too how you know, this is a this is just a human, right? We had a whole series on leadership and the kinds of things that make up leaders and how people can be evaluated or not. He was a fairly mediocre football coach, but everybody loved him because he was in the sort of zero-sum sport, had a, a bit of a mediocre track record, but his focus was on growing and developing the players around him. And I think there's a translation into the business world that just made all sorts of sense. I'm curious, though, have y'all watched Ted Lasso at all? I got a Ted Lasso vibe when I'm reading this for the second time, now that I've seen the show. I was thinking the same thing. I've only watched a few episodes, but yeah, that that was right in in my mind as you were just talking about, Robert. Yeah. Okay, man, Mm -hmm. um, I'm so glad you said that. Igor, have you seen it? I know we've we've talked about it, but I'm not sure if you've seen it. I haven't started yet. Yeah. Okay. We may make some references, because I do think relating it back to analogies or shows could help as well. Bring brought another dimension of how I view Bill Campbell, whether it's right or wrong. Makes sense. Robert, did you recommend I read this? I can't remember if it was you or Igor who said Igor hey, was the one read. that has been evangelizing trillion dollar coach. So it's mm. probably he probably recommended it to us at the same time. I mm-hmm. think you did a trip report uh, a couple of years ago, right, Igor? When you went to Yeah, went to uh, kind of the Iberian Peninsula. And the doing the trip report was inspired by uh, reading the trillion dollar coach and knowing that was one of the things that Bill recommended to his executive as a way to build deeper connections between the teams. Do you mean Portugal? It was Portugal and Spain. That's why I said the Iberian Peninsula. Ah, got it. I I don't know what that is. I just know that you had been to Portugal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Igor, how did you come across the book or catch wind of Bill Campbell? I know Bill Campbell spent time at Apple for a while, so I don't know if that's, I'm just curious, how did you come across the book and Bill Campbell? I have to thank our like machine learning overlords at Amazon, I think, because I, I buy a lot of like business books every year and the algorithm knows that. And so this was one of the top recommendations for books you might be interested in things. The machines told me to read it. Hey, can I just chime in with a funny, maybe a holiday themed meme that's floating around since you said that? Yeah, I love me. Okay, so there's, uh, I saw this post that's, What's stopping Jeff Bezos from being Santa? There's some, um, don't let your young kids of five or under listen to this next 30 seconds. Not that I think anyone would anyway, that'd be weird. What's stopping Jeff Bezos from being Santa? He has our address. He has drones. He has a wish list and intimate knowledge of all of our habits. He is specifically making the choice to not be Santa. So there you go. (laughs) That's pretty funny. And a little creepy. Maybe I shouldn't quit my day job. Drones coming into our house, dropping up presents. <laughs> Merry now. Christmas, That's, Charles! Yeah. <laughs> Here's this thing we know that you wanted. Oh my goodness! Could you imagine the? Yeah, that'd be cool. You hear the drones at night coming in through the chimney. There you go. Anyway, sorry about that. All right, so y'all have read the forward. Yes, we're going to go through this the same way, chapter by chapter, and then we'll roughly spend one episode on each chapter, and then we'll do a wrap up at the end. I did not read the forward, but yeah, I think that it. That is the approach. And this time, I do plan on reading it, unlike the last book that we covered, because I don't want to miss out. Yeah, that was an interesting experiment, but I think we did come to the mutual conclusion that it's just not very helpful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Ford is not too long. Talked a little bit about Bill Campbell's history as a football coach, turned into this sort of executive coach. Igor, what was maybe one or two things that stood out for you in the, in the Ford here? Yeah, you mentioned it a little bit earlier 
in the discussion. But the one thing that stood out to me, I think Adam Grant talks about him being a co- football coach for six losing seasons. And that a lot of that can be attributed to Bill Campbell really caring about the whole player and not a relentless need to win the game. So was, he cared more about the players winning the game of life than the team winning a football game at that may be the players game of life expense and i think he also mentioned football's a zero-sum game like a lot of so there's clear winners and losers and rankings and, and so on and but caring for the whole human being and their life is much more useful in the business world maybe than it is for winning a football game so that's definitely one thing that you know stuck out to me and resonated with me as I read the forward because I think it aligns very much with how our organization thinks about talent development and working with people and helping them make uh, progress over over their career. Yeah, yeah, that that really resonates with me at, at this point in our careers. We've all built software that, if you're listening to this, you've used software that we've built, like some really large projects major companies. And and that's pretty cool. I don't really look back on my career, though, and think about how I built this calendar widget that a million people used on this one website. I think about the individuals that I had the benefit of working with and how we grew together. And so I, I think there's a, at least for me, this is like a model of what I would aspire to be professionally. And then you hear stories later on where there's this work dinner and Bill Campbell's table is the only one that's cracking up and they're having, they're like the kids table. And I think a lot of humor and play and levity need, has been sort of shoved out of, beaten out of the professional working day-to-day cadence. And that's to our peril. And so it's cool to me that he found a good a good style that's uniquely him, right? I don't think you and I or anyone listening here could go off and do exactly what Bill Campbell did. It wouldn't work. He was a unique person. You're a unique person. But some of the, the approaches and, and mentality around leadership and, and building others and camaraderie and trust, I think, are really going to resonate. Yep. And the other thing that stood out to me, Robert, there's a little funny quip that, that Adam Grant makes, I think, when he's he was chatting with Sheryl Sandberg, and he said that there's a, every bookstore has a self-help section, but not a help others section. And that the book, the Trillion Dollar Coach book, is a help others book. It's not a self-help book. And I think that's a, that's a, like a very crucial lesson in going out of your way to give rather than take. Because Adam Grant wrote that whole book uh, about giving, right? And he's put people into three categories as givers, takers, and matchers. And most people all in the matcher category. But then he talks about givers and especially givers with a specific nuance. And Bill Campbell, as he was writing that book, he was basically describing Bill Campbell and as a giver. And so I think the more givers we have in our organizations and in our lives and being givers ourselves, the better off everybody is. Yeah. And and I think if I remember right, the, there needs to be a healthy balance of giving, taking, matching. And there are times where it's appropriate to take. That Yep. That's right. I, I think when he talks about givers, there's some folks that like give and give, but sometimes it can become almost like a disease. There's always such a, there's too much of a good thing. And I think that's the point that Adam makes in, in his book about givers, even though givers can be highly, givers have highly volatile <laughs> results. So givers, 
either come out really poorly or really well. And it all depends on like the nuance of your giving and why you're doing it and your reactions and who you're interacting with and so on. That's yeah, another definitely. series. That's it. That is another hmm. series. I, I do have a quick side question though. So especially around this time. So we're in November. Holiday spirit is among us. Are you ever in a line at Starbucks, Igor, and there's like this chain created? This is typically in the drive-thru. So you go in order, you just do your, you're doing your regular thing, you pull up to the window, and the person who's t- going to take your payment says, the car in front of you just paid your for your coffee. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, yeah, several times. Okay, so what do you do when that happens? Do you pay for the next person's and keep the chain going? Yeah. So that that actually, uh, maybe (laughs) we have a trip report coming up next time, I think. And uh, But this happened to me on our honeymoon road trip. We're driving, it was through Starbucks. We're driving through Starbucks and uh, getting a couple of drinks. And uh, yeah, as we pull up, the gentleman at the drive-thru sort of says, hey, the folks in front of you paid for your drinks and so on. And I was like, oh, great. I'd like to uh, to pay for the drinks of the the people behind me. And 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 he said something like, I think they ordered a lot. It was like a, I don't know, like a $25 order or something like that. And I was like, yeah, let's let's keep the chain going and brighten someone's day. And and hopefully they'll be compelled to keep the chain going for the people behind them and so on. Because it's it's like a feel-good thing. And sure, there might be some weird disequilibrium between what you order and what you pay. Some people come, let's call it coming out ahead, coming out behind, whatever it is. But but the positive emotions generated um, by that, I think, outweigh what, whatever mismatch might be. Okay. I'm, I'm about to disagree with you fully. I'm okay. really excited. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But it, I think you might be doing the right thing. Charles, has this ever happened to you? Never. Not a single time. Oh, man. But I, I don't go through Starbucks drive throughs all that much. Yeah. You're much more disciplined than Igor and I. What would you do if you were going through a drive-thru anywhere? Oh, I would do the same thing. I'd do the same thing as Igor. You'd pay it forward. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That was my approach too. And sometimes the the person taking the the payment will say, would you, the person in front of you paid for your coffee, would you like to pay for the person behind you? Or they just say, hey, the person in front of you paid for your coffee. So I will occasionally do that. I'll start the chain. Basically, I, I don't. Uh, what I don't think, and this is this, a comedian actually pointed this out, is like humans are very bad at giving gratitude and not feeling and feeling obligated. And so I said, use this as an example. And maybe when someone pays for your coffee and who's in front of you, the right approach is to to feel gratitude, to be thankful, to take the gift and move on. And to me, like that, my initial reaction was that's selfish. <laughs> that's a selfish thing. You're supposed to continue the chain, see how far the chain can go, and, and stuff like that. And I'm torn now. And I may do 50-50, but sometimes I will just take it and say, oh, thanks, that's really great. Wave at the person in front of me. Try to sit in the feeling of gratitude for a little bit and move on with my day. I, I think your challenge in practice is to do both. Like I, I don't think it's as easy as if you pay it forward, there is no, you're, you're not experiencing the gratitude mm-hmm. and the, the receiving of the gift. You can absolutely do it. I totally yeah. understand what you're saying. But it's, I think you got to view it as a goal to try to be able to do both all the time because that's the best outcome. Right? Yeah. Is to really, truly, fully receive and let that overflow to the point where you pay it forward. Because if you don't fully receive, then absolutely it's done out of obligation or guilt or, oh, this person's going to think I'm bad if I don't, right? Those are not good reasons to pay it forward. So yeah. it makes sense to stop and not pay it forward if those are the motivations for it. Yeah. Which is why I think starting is a cool. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. But anyway, there you go. Yeah. So two two things that stuck out to me in the foreword. So Adam Grant says he has drawn in his research and his writing has drawn a, a correlation to to be a great manager, you have to be a great coach. He says the higher you climb, the more your success depends on making other people successful. You are dependent on other people. That's definitely true. And so coaches are like the behaviors that they exhibit are really geared towards helping other people grow. There's that dependency where you're not on the field. There's nothing you can go and do to actually affect the outcome of the game. And so that that analog into the business or professional environment is definitely there. And then he, he equates coaching, di- differentiates coaching and mentoring. Mentoring is in this wisdom space. Coaching, he says, getting your hands dirty, rolling up your sleeves. They're in the arena to help us realize our potential, hold up a mirror so we can see our blind spots, hold us accountable, take responsibility for making us better without taking credit for the accomplishments. I think that's really cool. There's an understanding or an articulation or a recognition that Bill Campbell is the sort of archetype here. There's no one better at doing at being a coach than than Bill Campbell. There are other behaviors needed to be successful professionally if you want to level up your skills as a coach or, or get a good litmus test for what that looks like. There's there's no better way, place to look. Yeah, that's that stood out to me too, Robert. The the coaching piece and how important that is maybe even more important than mentoring because as leaders we have responsibilities to coach and mentor people on our teams the thing that stood out to me in the foreword that i know is backed up in the book is that bill campbell and this makes sense when you think about this from a sports standpoint it's like he coaches the football team but I realized in reading the foreword and then thinking back on when I read the book the first time around, when I think of coaching, often it's one-on-one coaching that I'm thinking about. And I would venture to guess that's not how Bill thought about it. Sure, he did one-on-one coaching, but it was for the purpose of making the team overall better, whether it's the football team or marketing team at Apple or whatever. And that was that's something that I'm going to think about as we reread this, because I think generally speaking, when I mentor, I'm focusing on the individual and their career goals and aspirations and blind spots. But from a coaching standpoint, I think I may be too narrowly focusing on coaching the individual with their tasks, as opposed to thinking about coaching through this individual to raise the performance of the team. Does that make sense? Because that's the other thing that stood out. From the foreword is Adam Grant talking about his time speaking at Google and the insights around treating teams as the fundamental building block of the organization as opposed to individuals and how to get maximum performance and output from a team. And so that's just a different paradigm than how I've thought about coaching. I don't know about I don't know about you. That's such a good insight. I'm like furiously taking notes as you're talking here because that was not clear to me at all, but you're Mm. I think you're absolutely right. There is this team vision this sort of clarity of purpose and where the collection of individuals need to go. And then that's the the driving force between when you're focusing on the team level, which he would do with mm-hmm. the, attending the, the executive meetings and, and things like that, where he was just kind of part of the collective. And then as he needed to, he would dip into the, to the individual always with the the sort of team success in mind. That's, yeah. well, that's really insightful. And that's where it makes sense 
in the sports context, and that's probably why he's so unique, because in the business world, coaching is often spoken of as, oh, executive coaching. Like you have one-on-one executive coach. And really what Bill did was team coaching in the business world, and that's just unheard of. And I think everybody's too focused on the individuals and not really embracing this team as the fundamental building block like Adam was talking about. So that was yeah. pretty that was pretty helpful for me to further make sense as to why Bill was so unique and also why he was so successful. I, I don't remember the story around why it's a trillion dollar coach as opposed to oh, a billion dollar coach. I think if you add deal. the market caps together of all the organizations in Silicon Valley that he mm. uh, coached mm-hmm. the CEOs of, you would reach a trillion dollars. I um, see. Okay. Yeah. And so I think that's so like he's created a trillion dollars of value or helped unlock mm. that much. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that's why he took that team approach to coaching, which I can certainly learn from. Awesome. Igor, any closing thoughts from you? Maybe as we discuss this uh, a little bit further, something that I've always really um, wondered about as a difference between maybe sports coaching and business coaching, if I'm coaching a football team, I'm there as a coach. I'm there for all the practice sessions, all the training, all the scrimmages, all the games, all the post-game sync-ups. And so I, as a coach, I'm intimately involved and a participant. In I'm not playing on the field, but I'm, I'm like there, right? Actively there, except for maybe whatever individual training that players might be doing with their physical trainers or whatever. And, and so I have a pretty good view into what's going on with the team, how they're working together, and also individual players. And... That's just not something that is normally done. If I'm coaching a development team or something like that, I'm not there for everything that they do as the development team. And how does that impact my ability to provide coaching as compared to, to a sport? It's not mentioned in the foreword, but just something that popped into my head as a question and maybe as a challenge. And I don't know if I don't actually think that's addressed in the book either. So maybe something for us to ponder as we meander through the rest of the series. Yeah, sounds good. Cool. Any any closing thoughts, Charles? I'm looking forward to reading the book with y'all and getting into the nuances of it. I feel like every time we do one of these series, I unlock a whole new understanding of the subject matter. So I'm excited to dig in here. Me too. Yeah, I've got my bookmark ready for reading. Excellent. But I think we may take a diversion next time. Igor, did you say you're ready for the trip report? I'll, do that next I, I'll be ready next week when we do it. And then Excellent. after that, we'll move into the CEO and the caddy, I think is the name of the first chapter. Yes. Awesome. Okay. It was good talking to y'all today. Absolutely. Yeah. Take care, y'all. Have Thanks, a good y'all. week. Bye. Bye. That's it for today. Thanks for joining. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at WannaGrabCoffee or drop us a line at hello at WannaGrabCoffee.com.